Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is BetQL's Tailgate Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Hey, welcome back here on a Saturday morning. Ryan Horvath with you. Getting things set. We're going to talk with Dick Shepkowski here in a second. And we're going to talk a little Notre Dame Navy. Navy last season, 4-8 straight up, but they did finish 7-5 against the spread. And one of those covers came against this Notre Dame team, 35-32. Talk football with Nick Shepkowski right now. Nick, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, I appreciate the invite. Uh, yeah, I don't think today that Navy is going to hold Notre Dame to like four yards of total offense in the second half. I could be wrong, but if that's the over-under for second yard, uh, second half yardage total, I'm going to take the over for ND in that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. All right, Nick, let's start with the defensive side of the ball actually for Notre Dame. So linebacker, I'm fine. Secondary, I'm fine with them. The only concern, the defensive line, you lose all three starters. How do you feel about them coming into the season, especially on that interior line? Well, I think that that's, that's a big thing. I mean, you're going to look for Riley Mills, Howard Cross, uh, Jr. to to take big steps this year. Um, they're both guys that have kind of been role players. Now they take on bigger roles and more more important roles. It's kind of stuff in the middle there. If you look at the way Notre Dame plays defense or the way that Marcus Freeman's defense is kind of, kind of set up to make this thing work, it's – is incredibly important, really, for any defense for tackles and in your interior line to to wreak havoc and, and blow things up. But really, it's designed. Notre Dame doesn't have like these middle linebackers that are, I don't know, the Brian Urlacher types that can cover the entire field and and, and do everything that way. They're there to kind of just blow everything up and stop the run especially and play downhill and so much of that's reliant on the defensive line in front of them so it's it, i think you're right i think that it comes down to tell me what kind of year those two have tell me what kind of year jordan patello who who, who takes over for isaiah Foskey on the viper spot defensively tell me what kind of year those guys have and i'll kind of tell you what kind of year notre dame has as a whole yeah on the offensive side of the ball i don't think i've been this excited since brady quinn was behind center how do you feel about Sam Hartman? Obviously started 45 games at Wake Forest, uh, most 300-yard passing games in ACC history. What do you expect from him this season? Well, most touchdown passes in ACC history as well. I mean, I you look at it and, like, let's not get it confused. I think some people look and think, okay, well, he's got this much pedigree and he's got this many awards and done this many things at Wake Forest and the talent around him is going to be so much better at Notre Dame. Yeah, those things are true. Like, Sam Hartman, let's not get it confused. He's going to be like a first-round NFL draft pick. Like, barring something completely unforeseen, he's going to be a middle-round-ish type of guy. But there's nothing wrong with that. You look at what Notre Dame's trotted out there here of late, and it's guys that can't push the ball down the field. I Plain and simple. Um, Drew Pine last year, I know that that was 
crazy circumstances that led him to playing and led him to having to do that. But everything for Notre Dame's offense last year was like within an eight-yard window of the line of scrimmage. It was that or it was Michael Mayer. They couldn't get the ball downfield. And Hartman being able to do that, when you have an offensive line that has Joe Alt that's probably going to be a top ten, very possibly a top five pick whenever he decides to declare for the NFL draft, at left tackle. You have Blake Fisher, who was one of the highest regarded offensive linemen in that recruiting class just a couple of short years ago, who's a junior. You have that at the tackle positions. You're maybe not as sold on what you have on the interior of the offensive line, but those are guys that were recruited and won competitions for starting spots as well. So I I look at this, and Hartman's addition, it doesn't just help the passing game and the downfield game. I mean, the running lanes that'll open up when you can't just cram the line of scrimmage. Like, Notre Dame's offense I don't know if I'll go far back as Brady Quinn. There's a couple of those with Michael Floyd yeah. and, and, and Jimmy Clausen and Golden State there in 08, 09. I, they didn't win a whole lot of games, but the offense was ticking by the end of it for Charlie Weiss, too. You, know, you brought up the run game, and obviously we all know about Estime. He was the leading rusher last year, had three 100-yard games. But what do you expect today against Navy? Because you also bring in you know, Penn State transfer, Devin Lloyd. You have some freshmen. How many backs do you think we see today, and what do you think that running back look, room looks like by the end of the season? Yeah, I think that when you look at it, it's going to be a lot of that. SMA is going to be the kind of the kind of the lead back and, and get the majority of carries. Um, Ford's going to get touches as well. But you have that, that position's been recruited incredibly well compared to in the years past. Um, you, you see the Dell and McCullough, Notre Dame's running backs coach, used to be with the Kansas City Chiefs when they won their first Super Bowl in this new era of kind of Chiefs football. And then was it the Indiana University, which you might not think football powerhouse, but he regularly put guys in the pro year after year, Jordan Howard and others as well that were getting drafted with regularity. And so you see that a little bit. Jabrain Payne is is one of the guys that is expected to get the bulk of the carries. But I think you're going to see, like if I were looking at it, I wouldn't be surprised if you see less number of yards, less number of touches total for Estime, but Estime being more impactful because of it, because he's fresher. And he was humming. Let's not get it wrong. He was humming by the time November came around last year. But I think you're going to be able to really take advantage of things this year. Jadarian Price was a, was a running back and freshman last year that was incredibly highly touted, had a great spring, and then had an Achilles injury. He's supposed to be back to very close to full strength. So those are just a couple of names to look out for that that I think, I mean, it's it's depth at running back, yeah. and they can hit you in, in a couple different ways. Yeah, the running back I was most excited about a couple of years ago when he came to campus was Chris, uh, Chris Tyree, but now he's the slot wide receiver. Who do you think that breakout guy in the wide receiver room is going to be? Because that's the only issue we have with the offensive side of the ball, or I have with the offensive side of the ball, is kind of who steps up. Yeah, I mean, Tyree's learning a new position, and there's a whole things of him catching 20,000, 25,000 passes from the drugs machine and whatever it was this offseason as he transitioned to, to play that slot spot. I, I look at a guy, there, there's two of them that I really look at to make an impact. And I know everyone wants to talk about Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, the freshman wide receivers, and the ability, the talent level of the receivers is growing. I don't want to confuse that. I don't want to twist that whatsoever and they're going to be solid. But I think that if you're relying that much on freshmen, you're in trouble. Jaden Greathouse had a huge spring game, and people are very big on him, and I think he's going to kind of be that possession guy that, that takes over by the middle towards the end of the year for Notre Dame and gains things that way. 
But to me, I mean, Tobias Merriweather, he couldn't get on the field last year for whatever reason. Tommy Reese wouldn't put him on the field. Finally does against Stanford, and what does he do? He flies by a defensive back. It's like a 46-yard touchdown reception. Shows all the potential in the world, but just can't stay on the field. Can't get on the field as a true freshman. I think that you're going to see Merriweather turn into a, a household name this season. And the other one to keep an eye on, Deion Colsey, former four-star recruit. Notre Dame got him right out of Georgia's, University of Georgia's backyard. I mean, the kid's from Athens, Georgia. He had a huge touchdown catch in, uh, against USC last year. Very, very athletic catch. I think you're going to see him finally kind of take that step as, as you see these freshmen coming in and all the praise and all the excitement around them. I think you're going to see a little bit more from a couple of guys that have been there a year or two now for Notre Dame. How big of a loss do you think Tommy Reese is as a play caller? I mean, he leaves kind of late, you know, in the summer. I didn't really expect that, especially after being offered the job at LSU to go with Brian Kelly. He turns that down. But how do you, like, what do you think the offense looks like? How much of a change is there? And uh, how big of a loss is that? It, it's a great question because it's, it's confusing. Like, you can't tell Reese is good without the bad. But then you can't just pile on them and tell the bad without the good as well. Like I mean, I, I look at the Gator Bowl as like a perfect, for anyone that watched it last year, as a perfect perfect kind of summary of what Reese was, was that you're playing under man, you're playing with uh, Tyler Buckner, who hadn't played a game since early September of last year at that point. And I thought he played or, or called a rather, I mean, fantastic game for the most part. But he'll do these things, and this is why that – if I'm looking at bets and I'm looking at futures and I'm looking at Alabama as a potential playoff team or national championship team, I can't get behind it because Tommy Reese in big moments gets too cute. He did it against Stanford last year multiple times. He did it against Marshall in that loss and decides, okay, well, we're pounding the ball at six yards a pop here and this running game is going. Let's go out and throw some play action, confusing play call, and throw an interception that's returned for a touchdown. It happened multiple times last year. And he just gets too cute for himself. I don't know if Saban controls him a little bit more that way. I think Notre Dame loses something in terms of, like, Reese, I think, is a solid, a pretty good play caller. And I think that he can help recruit talent at the quarterback position. Putting it all together, though, I still think that he's, he's kind of learning on the job a bit. And I there's no one better to learn under than who he has now with Saban. I think there's all the potential in the world with him. I don't think he was quite there yet. So I don't think that Notre Dame – I'm real curious of how Parker's going to call things. Um, I expect to see more of an up-tempo team. I expect to see things for Notre Dame to be a lot closer to that get out of the ball, get down the field, and, and have more of a modern college football offense that we're seeing across the nation, seeing for teams that are actually playing for national championships and playing in big-time games with regularity. Um, so I expect to see Notre Dame take a step there. I, with Reese, though, it's so there's so much good that you can get excited about, but there are so many things that just instances here, instances there, that why in God's name did you do that? And he gets just too, too cute for himself. So, I mean, I think overall it's probably a loss, but it's not like the end of the world. What about, uh, all right, we've got about 90 seconds. Are you a believer okay. in Marcus Freeman? And uh, give us your prediction for the season for Notre Dame. Some people go in college football playoffs. Some people go at eight and four. Their win total was eight and a half. Yeah, I look at it. I am a believer in Marcus Freeman because I think that what he has done here since he got on campus is that you've seen the talent level increase for Notre Dame. Their average star recruit has gone up in the last, really, since he arrived on campus in 2021. You've seen the star ratings go up for players. Now, he hasn't been able to land that really big fish. Uh, Keon Keeley, five-star defensive end, had committed. 
and ended up going to Alabama um, in last year's recruiting class. Like that was one of the big ones, and you see some of those here and there. I, I, I am a believer in Freeman as much as I am with anyone else you would bring in because Notre Dame's always going to have some disadvantages that they have that work against them in terms of recruiting. For the season this year, I mean, that schedule is, is nightmarish. You have Ohio State who might have, I know they're breaking in a new quarterback, but the rest of it, they're going to have one of the best offenses in all college football. Can Notre Dame's defensive line develop quickly enough so by the end of September they're able to win that game? They have to go on the road to Clemson. USC comes here this year. I mean, I look at it. I can't tell you which ones they're necessarily going to win and which ones they're going to lose. There's a couple of speed bumps in there, too, that are yeah. not perfectly timed games. Like Duke's going to be a solid team, and that's right after uh, right after the USC game. Um, Pitt is right before Clemson. Like, there's a couple of those that are landmines there that going to have to avoid for Notre Dame. I see them going I, – I, they have the potential that they can play with anyone on their schedule. I just don't see them necessarily knocking it out. I see them 10-2 and, and going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck this season, man. We'll be following your work. Appreciate you. Absolutely, Ryan. Take care. That's our guy right there, Nick Shevkowski. Give him a follow on Twitter. Really good stuff. And uh, Notre Dame, again, the win total, 8.5. They're 20.5-point favorites against Navy today. I am going to take the points with Navy. Really small. I have a small lean to the over. I mean, we saw this game last year, 35-32. Flew over. You've tuned in to the BetQL tailgate kickoff on the BetQL network presented by BetMGM. I'm Ryan Horvath. Check out the podcast wherever you find the podcast. Week one coming up next week. Working out the kinks here in the studio, so we'll be back with you, and we will have a great schedule next week. Week one of football. Week zero, though, some sneaky matchups. UTEP on the money line today. Love that. And we'll take the points with Hawaii plus 17 and a half. Again, you've tuned in to the BetQL tailgate kickoff on the BetQL network. 